0: hey there fans of brotherly love wrestling it is i vic delicious Philly own the mecca here it is the real mccoy j justin d exhibit it's your man cd the fallen angel christopher daniels hello boys and girls this is your old friend rj city hey there brotherly love wrestling bill carr here Hey everyone, this is two-time guest Wheeler Uda. Two bozos from Philadelphia flapping their gums about pro wrestling this, pro wrestling that. Which is not that unique in the grand scheme of things yet. You are in for a treat because you're tuned in to Brotherly Love Wrestling. Philadelphia, are you ready? No, he said... And uh, this week on the show, we are on our third episode of our Road to Raw 30. And the uh, the five years we're covering today is 02 to 07, the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression era, and we finally passed the Attitude era. What we did realize, and just talking about it now, is... It's not an era known for a lot of moments like Monday Night Raw before. At least not 2002 to 2007. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Um it's very match heavy. There's a lot of really 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 well done matches. So a lot of weird matchups as well. The stories were told through the matches not so much through the Well, I guess they were told through the promos too, but the match quality. So I guess we could say that our favorite era was the attitude era for the personalities and the larger than life characters and whatnot mm-hmm. that had that it was a part of it. Yes. Yeah. But the ruthless aggression era had some of those same qualities, mm-hmm. some of those same stars, just aged a little bit, but the match quality and the actual wrestling, because at this time period, you're big in Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels is back. back. Yes. Uh, you still got, you got a young Randy Orton with evolution as a main faction that is part of this era. Yes. You have Eddie Guerrero, you got, yeah, Eddie Guerrero, you got Chris Benoit, you got Chris Jericho, you got Christian, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio doesn't make too many appearances in this episode because he was mainly SmackDown. (laughs) You have a... Uh, Which Ed, a lot of those guys, like Guerrero and stuff like that, they yeah. they're not going to be on this because of it's Monday Night Raw. You right? have yes. Edge, yes, who's knocking on the door to becoming a champion, mm-hmm. getting elevated. You have John Cena, you have <sighs> making his rise, <laughs> and again that, but he is also on SmackDown, so you don't. No, you got you some of the see yeah but, the beginning of that yeah in this. But when he comes over to Raw, yes. he's pretty much being becoming the star. Yeah, absolutely. Becoming the guy. Because he gets a lot of the rub from... I mean, he pretty much got it from SmackDown with Taker. Yes. And then he comes over... And Angle. And Angle. Yeah. And then he comes over to Raw, and there's only a couple people on Raw that you really need the rub from. Yes. One of them being Shawn Michaels. Yes. Yeah. In an amazing match. Well, let's start in O two. 2 we're gonna do the uh the old time frame chronological thing. order, basically. Gotcha. Uh we'll start because well, you can do the matches, like we said. So we have October of O2 and the first ever Monday night raw TLC match. And when I said weird matchups, this is exactly what I was thinking of. Because when you hear TLC, most people you jump to Hardy's, Dudley's, Edge, and Christian. This matchup. Kane versus Bubba and Spike. Versus... It's still the Dudleys. It's still the Dudleys. Still... Yeah, yeah, I'm not... yeah. but I mean, the Dudleys is it's Devon not, and Bubba. It's but, not. Yeah. Uh, Jericho and Christian, when they were the Un-Americans. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam. I mean, basically, if you were to put together a perfect team for a TLC match that isn't Jeff and Matt, I think Jeff and Rob Van Dam. Agree. Might be better than Jeff and Matt. I agree. Because Matt couldn't move like no like Rob and no, Dan. not even close. Absolutely not. No. So if you were to put together the perfect team to jump off shit, I think that might be the best team ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's hard. It's hard to beat those two. They I mean that just just naming those. I mean, Kane. Kane's the odd man out. Yeah. And, and now, what did you say? It was Who's... supposed to be Kane to get, make it even weirder. <laughs> yeah. Kane and Hurricane Helms. Okay. All right. It, they did have a lot of. I mean, we, we notice it today, like the mm-hmm. random tag teams. Yes. But they've had numerous random tag teams over time. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Triple yeah. H and Austin, I would put as a random ass tag team. Or, yeah, Triple H and Austin. That was. I think the one that works. It was still random. Is Rock and Foley. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, I but think it's that's still the ultimate albeit, random. being random as hell. Yeah, Kane and X Pac. Kane and X Pac are definitely up there. I think you can pair anyone with Kane, aside from Taker. Aside from Taker, even though I thought that was forced, and I didn't really like the, I didn't, I wasn't an overly a big fan of the Brothers of Destruction. But anyway. Kane and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep naming the Kane tag teams yeah. that they made work. It was fucking weird. I, I look, I agree. It, it, but this match is them. Yes. Yeah. Is the oddity of tag teams, but somehow works. Yes. Yeah. So, and that making the list being the first ever TLC on Monday Night Raw. um, And a four way. Yeah. So Jesus wanted mass carnage. Yes. Yeah. Which TLC. Mean has to be and has to deliver anyway. The more people you put with that many, that stipulation, it's going to be absolute chaos. And I think there comes a point in a TLC match where there could be too many people. To be honest, because I in a TLC match, yeah, I I think think, it muddies it up a little bit. I would think that cap would be before eight. Yeah, I think yes, I think eight is too many. I think six is the perfect number anyway. But for a TLC, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, ones, the six set the bar, so... Yeah, that was like the perfect six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if six other people could have did that the way those six did, but... I don't think they would have. No. So I'm going to move to March of 03 in one of the moments. All right. And in move. a moment, we probably... Not many WWE fans or WCW fans, for that matter, ever thought would happen and that's the arrival of Goldberg on WWE TV. For The Rock, right? Yes, when The Rock was in the ring. So he got nobody else left to beat. Yes. And then Goldberg's music hits. WWE fans chanting Goldberg. And he comes out and he tells The Rock, you're next, and spears The Rock. And then beats The Rock, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. He goes on to beat The Rock in their match, yes. Now, I've never ever been a Goldberg fan, ever. But you like that? No, I'm actually <laughs> I mean, I like that. I've never, I've just, no, I've like, never I gotten it. was figuring for a butt. No, no, no. I was no, never a Goldberg no, fan, no, but. No, no, I There just, was no but. I've never gotten it. I've n- I mean, no, that's yeah, not true. It, I've it, gotten why, but I have never just seen, I've never saw it. I just, I was like, I don't, I don't, I have no reason to cheer for this guy. I thought he was a knockoff stone cold with muscles. See, I don't think... I thought his personality was dry as hell. For someone who's who watched Goldberg a lot, I never compared him to Stone Cold. Like, I get, I, I kind of get the comparison because of the goatee and the bald head. Oh, and that's what it was. That's what WWE fans immediately, as soon as you saw Goldberg, that's what it was. It was, oh, they got a muscled Stone Cold over there. That was the narrative from WWE fans when Goldberg showed up. All right, so I didn't know that narrative, nor did I probably even pay attention to it when I was a child. Oh yeah, of course. But that being said, I was never a Goldberg guy either. I got it, and I understood the hype behind it, and they understood because they built the hype into him. Yeah, I mean there was huge hype from the first match with Hugh Morris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was. That was the beginning of the hype, and then the hundred and fucking seventy something, which was probably actually thirty something, maybe. And oh, (laughs) I specifically remember one Monday night watching Nitro, or a couple weeks in a row watching Nitro because it was the build to this. And I remember vividly questioning the streak from one week to another, remembering the week before he was like 36 and oh. And immediately, it was, like, 51-0 and 0 the next week. And I was like, I thought he was just third. And, like, it's not like we had it DVR'd. You couldn't go back to last week. Like, you know what I mean? So I, but I was like, oh, well, I guess it's 51. But, like, they padded that those numbers so bad well, no shit but like <laughs> i just never understood like even if he because was 30 hundred, 30 and oh is impressive yes but the undertaker what's... was 21 and oh yes but what sounds better 176 and oh or 30 and oh 76 no sounds fucking ridiculous and stupid <laughs> but i think that was part of the whole thing wasn't it Bobby the Brain every week? It was just shouting numbers. It I was think, probably yeah. him. Yeah, it probably was him. <laughs> he was probably just shouting it. numbers. That was the and I think that was the other thing. Being a WWE, that was so outlandish. And I was just like, this is fucking stupid. Like this dude is not fifty one and zero. Like you, know what I mean, it just I think that forty dark matches a night. Yeah, exactly. He would have had to to make those numbers, but I mean Goldberg in WWE. Would you call it a disappointment? No. I wouldn't call it a disappointment. I would call it, I mean, it kind of is what it is. It was a very short run. Mm-hmm. What was it, a year? Like him and Brock were both out in 03, right? Uh, or, no, oh, or, no, it 04. was longer. Yeah, because he arrived in March of 03. Oh, so yeah. he only, It's still a year, though, because yeah. I'm pretty sure him and Brock were out in 4 mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a shit. It was the last match. Really getting to, a, well, to yeah. it too, and then even his comebacks. I thought he had a, been. I thought he had a good feud with Triple H, and I think that was pretty much it. That's the only thing I remember. The biggest thing I remember is him getting the shit beat out of him with the sledgehammer in the uh, while well, he's handcuffed to the ropes. Yes, in the uh, elimination chamber. I think that was SummerSlam 03. You might be right. I I can't for sure remember. But that that's saying. my most vivid memory of Goldberg in WWE <laughs> being buried with a sledgehammer by Triple H. I, I think there was only one time in his entire career I cheered for him, and that was in the Georgia Dome against Hogan, which I think almost everybody I was think, cheering for him that. Yeah. Because everyone just just wanted to see it happen. It was TV and you're like, this is huge. Yeah. This is a main title. Mm -hmm. And it was his hometown. Like it was built perfectly. And the fucking crowd was going absolutely fucking apeshit. Yeah. That was the only time I ever wanted to see Goldberg win. Yeah. I think the whole, like the atmosphere of the whole thing. Yeah. Was why everyone wanted, like, how could you not? Yeah. He got sucked in again. When, obviously, WWE is big on the moments. For WCW, that was a giant moment. You know what I mean? That right there, them two standing across the ring, might be, if you look at WCW... If you go back and watch that, there is a lot of shenanigans in that fucking match. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go back, it it doesn't hold up. Mm -mm. No, I know it doesn't, because I've watched it. It doesn't hold up. I watched the Goldberg... That's a, um, you have to be there. 24 when yeah. he came back. So they went through, obviously, his WCW run for that. And even in clips of it, I remember going, man, this really doesn't. It, it doesn't. Didn't. No, it doesn't hold up. Uh-uh. So I have another one in 03 unless you have a match. Well, there's a couple matches, so you mix matches. It. Yes. Yeah, uh, mine's at the end of 03. All right. So I got one in June. Another big time moment. Um Because Kane, being such a big fixture in the Attitude Era, and now being moved away from Undertaker, like you said, weird tag teams. And at this point, he's in a tag team with Rob Van Dam. And uh, he loses a match to which he has to unmask. Oh, this is the fucking, yes! this is the turn of all turns. This was the moment that everyone's been waiting for since you saw Kane when he first ripped the door off the cell. You wanted to see what and You wanted like. to see what he looked like under that mask, and I. Re- I uh, that's another moment I remember. Just
1: the that perfect, a,
0: yeah. the perfect pause and hesitation to him turning around and seeing him. Like it was very well done, and the anticipation. Scary. It was that was scary. It was. It really was. But him unmasking is a big moment in in Monday Night Raw, and then of course turning on his then partner RVD. His whole that like that whole turn was like one of the greatest mm-hmm. and it's Cain. like you would figure like he's eventually going to turn because it's Cain. But the way that they did it, yes, was near perfection. Mm-hmm. And I could almost say perfection, yeah. But some things are cloudy in my mind, so I'm going to go with near. I don't know if I'm going to say I'm not going to just go, edge your bets a little bit. My bets, I'm not going to give it the stamp, a hundred percent stamp of approval. Yeah, I'm just going to say it could have been near perfect, but maybe it was perfect. Who knows? All right, so you want to do your match in 03? Yeah. So this goes along with probably one of your favorite modern storylines, okay. and feuds mm-hmm. is Michaels. And Triple H, am I correct in saying that? Yes, absolutely, 100%. And it was right before the new year, so it was literally like a end of December. Okay, and it's just it's crazy that at this point in time, and where are we at? 03? This, this was oh three, you said, right? December yeah, we're 03. 03, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels just that ha- so they were still running that, that that program started dude i don't know if that pro- that program stopped and started so many times yeah but because that, then they intermixed uh benoit in there you're right but that iteration started in what i want to say may of oh two because they did the whole storyline where sean gets thrown into the car window and they don't know who it is and hunter's gonna find out who it is yeah. then you do the video yep and then he's, and then you find out that he's able to come back and he's going to have his match at SummerSlam and be able to come back. So, like, that whole thing builds. And then, of course, he has his first comeback match, which was absolutely insane at that point for it to be four years gone and perform the way he did. And then, just from that point on, I mean, you have the Elimination Chamber where he wins the title and he beats Triple H in that. You have everything, and even including this match on Monday Night Raw in 03, it's still going. And it, again, Like we said with Sami Zayn Owens, like we said even with Bret Shawn, there are certain feuds that you can go with, and it doesn't get old no matter what match you put them in, what story you're telling. They just – it works. And Hunter and Michaels at that point were on fire, untouchable. Yeah. Probably one of the feuds that kind of carried WWE out out of the Attitude Era and into – Mm -hmm. Like, that in-between phase or the Ruthless Aggression era. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfectly titled era. Yeah. Yeah, looking back now, then it it was just a stupid tagline that Vince McMahon said. Yeah. And then that John Cena said. But now you're right. Looking back, it's like, shit, this actually makes sense now. Yeah, it it really did. Because they were fucking brutal. And the shit that they were pulling... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe storylines weren't always all there, but... I mean, the match quality was definitely, and then the stipulations and the people that you had to have these matches with, and then fucking, what, shortly after that, Triple H starts Evolution? Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny, you said, like we said, Ruthless Aggression, how ruthless they got. I was watching um, Untold on the network. I just can't sleep one night, I just throw an episode on just to have a background noise, hoping to sleep, and of course I get sucked (laughs) into it. But Michaels, I forget which one I was on. Michaels was talking about it. And it was him coming back. And it might have even been him and um, Triple H. And he said, when I came back, I was ready. And he's like, then I start having matches. I'm going, guys, we used to make this look like it hurt. Now we're just beating the shit out of each other. He said it was so stiff. He's like, I I wasn't ready for it to be like this. Like In the 90s. Me made it look like it was stiff, but it wasn't. Now we just went in there and beat the shit out of each other, and that was it. And you're right; that's exactly what he said. It's, you know, I mean, everything was stiff, everything was close, and they really were, laying it in. Yeah, I wouldn't want. I, <laughs> I mean, like who's still around from the ruthless aggression era, right? God bless, and he's the smallest of that whole era. <laughs> I mean, and as of Monday... and he was of, getting the shit kicked out of him by some beastly. Like, fu- all the big Kurt guys. Angle would fucking throw him around like yeah. a fucking rag doll. Anytime th- those matches were incredible, of course. But, and, but Lesnar was fucking Big like, Show. Him, remember that? Yeah, when Big Show was another one. Jesus, how the fuck is Rey Mysterio the only? And he anti-aged, like yeah. he aged in reverse. He still looks absolutely amazing. That's insane, and he took the biggest beating. Yeah, all I mean, the time. Rob Van Dam don't look too terrible. I mean, you don't look... He looks weathered, but he's still in amazing shape. Yeah, for... I mean, that's probably attributed to the hemp products yes. yeah, that absolutely. he endorses. Absolutely. But yeah, there's not too many guys that were in the... I mean, Edge, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and as of last Friday, Cena. Yeah, well... But he's only coming back for one off. Cena's a different breed, though. Yeah. Cena's, Cena's got Hollywood muscles now. He had muscles <laughs> before. Now he's got Hollywood muscles. <laughs> uh all right. So moving past Michaels and Triple H, like you said, we have the start of evolution. Yeah, you get the evolution era. But I'm actually gonna rip evolution apart. Why? Because in August of 04. They break up. We have Right before, yeah, no, actually, the night before this happens, you have Randy Orton becoming the youngest world heavyweight champion of all time. And then on Monday Night Raw, you have the celebration for a young Randy Orton. Randy Orton gets put on Batista's shoulders, and the thumbs down happens. And they turn on Randy Orton, and Triple H, because he's so driven by that title, needs to have that title, and attacks Randy Orton. And then you start the Orton versus Triple H feud for the world title. And it's still Triple H's Evolution. It's still yes. It's still Batista, Flair, and Triple H. They just kick Randy out of Evolution at that point. Who did Randy beat to become the youngest champion? Was it Benoit? It might have been. A little fact check while we're doing this. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, why not? Um, I mean, but this Evolution, he still had some bangers because he still had. You have Benoit in a lot of those matches on Raw in, like, random triple threats against Evolution. So, yeah. So, it was in August. Like I said, August over Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. Because Benoit was feuding with Triple H for a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Because he obviously beat Triple H and Michaels. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Benoit would go on to have matches with both of them on Raw. Oh, no, he definitely had a match with Michaels. I don't know about triple, triple H. I think it was just Triple Threats with Evolution. I think you're right. Man, I do want to go back. I want to watch. <laughs> I, want, I want to watch, I want to watch the Ruthless Aggression Era again because a lot of it you don't even have to. And I'll tell you this because I've watched them, and they're really, really good. Just like they have the Attitude Era or the Monday Night Wars. Like the how they piece together, yeah. They have the ruthless aggression era now, on on, on Peac- net on the network. Yes, on Peacock, and it's just breaking down each segment of the build through ruthless aggression. And they start the John Cena part. They do the return of of Shawn Michaels. They do all kinds of they they do Evolution. They do the women. They do everything. Do they? They don't do Benoit though. No. No, of course not, no. But it is... very was I think a large part of that, beginning... Seven or eight episodes of this, and they're about 40, 43 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. They're really well done. And mm. that will get you exactly what you want. Like, you know what I mean? See all these moments and great matches as well of Ruthless Aggression. But they're really well done. And you still have Jericho. Jericho in this yes. era, too. Yes. He's another one still around, although he doesn't. I mean, half the time he looks okay, and then the other half he does does not look okay. He fluctuates a lot. Yeah. It's when he goes on tour. I mm-hmm. feel like when he goes on tour, that's it. Yeah. And he just comes back. He's, it's a lot of that tour and being on the tour bus late at night, going to the next city and drinking and God, all the no, food. Yeah. Gone. So I have another one for late December. December, I know, 4th. And this is the first ever women's main event match on Monday Night Oh, Lita Friday. and Trish? Lita and Trish for the title. It's iconic. Yes. Lita beating Trish and becoming... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that in forever. I miss them. I don't. I no? I still don't. I still don't. Yeah, You no. never got them. Towards the end, when they were like... They're kind of just letting loose. Yeah, I think they were actually starting to be funny to me, and then they got cut.
1: But yeah, I but I think if they bring them, like, them
0: back, bring them back to be funny again. I don't know. Maybe I still never liked them. I can't say I did. Well, but we'll fake it for this episode. <laughs> Jesus. But Trish Lita, before there ever was a women's revolution, and the women got time and and were wrestling like they are now, these two broke the mold, got the first ever main event and made women's wrestling, made men especially look at women's wrestling completely different than they were looking at before. Yeah. This is kind of that, if you're going to put a date or a match for the start of the popularity and the new breed of women's wrestling, mm-hmm. this is probably it. Because you got to figure, like, how many women watched that and they're like, oh, shit. Like, how many people saw that and they're like, this is what I want to be. Like that match was probably very. I would be interested to see a lot of the women now in WWE if you ask them. Like, what's the match that? Yeah, that I bet did you, for you. I bet you a lot of them would say that match. I would think more than half, mm-hmm. depending on the age, I guess. They got to figure the whole four horse women and that whole group, like, they're our age. So. Watching that I think the horsewomen, at least obviously, you know Sasha was big Eddie Guerrero, you know Bailey was big Stone Cold Bret Hart, like that. So because they're our age, I think they didn't have that. I think you're looking at more of the younger women. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. Because at least from what twenty somethings. Yeah, like from what they have said in the millennials stuff, exactly. You're a millennial too. I'm, an, I'm on the back <laughs> edge of that millennial. <laughs> that's the best part about the millennial. There is the group that is like two or three years removed from the beginning of that that refuses to claim I'm not, And I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm I, not a, I, no. When I hear the term, I'm like, I get it if you're going to put the date on it. But there's no way I think like that. I agree. Uh, I completely agree because I feel the same exact way. We have to have our own, era. we have to have our own, it's like the, night. when did the, what was it 85 was the start of the Millennials? 84. 84? 84. 84. So we need 84, 85, 86, 87, and even 88. We need that five year span to where we're not Millennials and we're not, what's the other one, Gen X, Gen Z? I don't. I have no. I can't. I'm not even gonna try and and guess. I I can't. Re- I always Gen- mix them all up. Genetic freak. <laughs> That's what we should be. Big Papa Pump. Yeah, we'll be the Big Papa Pump era. <laughs> we won't be the millennials, and we won't be the other people that we I forget what they are. We'll be the genetic freaks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I mean, look, I'm down with it. I'm, anything but millennial. I don't. We, I really don't care. We're the Scott's Diners. <laughs> Do you have a match in 04 before I move on to 05? That you were specifically um, looking at, or no? No, because I think the next well remember, I will say this. Well, like I said, there's a lot of uh, Benoit in there. So Michael's Benoit. Yeah. Put on a couple, at least one bagger. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible because that's like the perfect storm for matchup. Like Benoit and Michaels. Yeah, that's like a good it's really it really is a shame that like that's the Benoit legacy is Mm -hmm. the whole yeah well of course. I think I think out of all like if you look at wasted not wasted missed opportunities is the best probably way of putting it. I think the biggest missed opportunity for a absolute amazing match is Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels. I think if you look at obviously Eddie being gone way too soon, the imagining the match between a Shawn Michaels at that point and an Eddie Guerrero at that point, because I don't think there was better Eddie Guerrero than where he was when he passed. He was fucking phenomenal. Storytelling, character, in ring, he had it all at that point. And then you have Shawn Michaels revitalizing his career better than he's ever been at that and at, in, in his career. And can you imagine a WrestleMania match between Guerrero and Michaels? It, it just... No one would be able to touch? It, it was stole WrestleMania. was yeah, probably like one it. of the biggest what-ifs. Yeah. I think that's what you call it. Like the yeah. what-if. Yeah, absolutely. Like you talk about Because they matches. were there. They were there. Yeah. And a, 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 according to a, a bunch of rumors, that that was a plan. Before he passed, that was a plan. Which is, I think, the reason that they did the Rey Mysterio-Michaels match on that tribute show. You know what I mean? Because it was, they wanted, you know what I mean? That's the match they wanted anyway. And they had Michaels. I remember watching that match going, man, this is such a dream match. It's a shame it took place under these circumstances to get Mysterio-Michaels. Yeah. Because you never saw that before. That was the first time matchup. And that was another one. But yeah. Oh my God. Eddie and Michaels, with Jesus Christ. I couldn't even imagine. So, February of 05, moving into 2005, we already talked about Triple H turning on Orton. Now we're going to turn the tables. Batista wins the Royal Rumble in 05, and he gets to choose which champion, and it looks you, like... You're a big Batista fan at this point, I know, right? I do not <laughs> like just All right, I just want to, just want to let <laughs> everyone know that. I never. I was never a big it, Batista guy either. I and look, it might be the stigma that I have again because I, because of even Goldberg. Same way, I never liked the giant muscle bound dudes. I just again, I'm a see Shawn Michaels fan. I never cared like I never cared about those dudes. That I were think you. I think that changed for me once I saw Brock Lesnar. Like I think I was the same, but dude. Brock Lesnar was a completely different big guy. Yeah. Like he was a big guy that can literally almost do anything. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah, anything that's in completely the ring. different. Where but like, the big uh, guys were just like, here, I'm gonna spine bust. Like Lesnar exactly. was like ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. And again, that's, like, he that's what was made a sense. freak. Like the first time I saw him hop from the ground to the fucking top of the apron, I was like, oh my God. I literally, like, I was like, how the fuck did he do that? Yeah, because you just don't see people doing that. No, I was like. And especially that size. I was like, like, once you saw that, and then they showed, like, video montages afterwards of, like, him, like, running, ca- carrying trees and running up hills. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's, like, when you think about, like, wrestling, and I had this thought today. It was a really random and weird thought. You, but- a random thought? No way. There's no way. I think it was after you sent me. uh, It was after you sent me the video of uh, Osprey and Omega. I was like, you can really tell, like, the fake tough guys of wrestling. And then when I think of Brock Lesnar, I'm like, man, that guy could really destroy pretty much anybody he fucking comes face to face with. Yeah, he is not the one of the exact opposite of like the. I put like Guevara in that. Like, (laughs) like when I look at these guys, like they they act tough, but like. Could probably beat this guy up. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, in my, I'm like, I probably have like a really good shot at this. Like, it's probably it could go 50-50. Like, what are they gonna do? Dance around me? Like, we're gonna break dance fight. Like, Hurricane Rana doesn't work in a fucking in a, a real fight. I mean, that's true. I mean, well, it could, but if I see someone jumping at me like this, I'm gonna squaring a ball. <laughs> <No. laughs> or I'm ducking. Either way. <laughs> No, you're right, but that that's the thing. But a guy like Batista, yeah. I just never got into. I never liked him. but, And I was always kind of a Triple H guy because of his history of DX and all that. So when he turns... And, and he, he was the baby face. Yes, and he he ends up going after Triple H and signing the contract, and he's challenging Triple H instead. That was the official real end of Evolution. Yes. Because now it's only Rick and... And Triple H, no more Evolution. Now it's just Rick managing Triple H, (laughs) because you already kicked Randy out, and now Batista's gone. So Evolution kind of stopped, and now it's just maybe like a quasi old guy with an old guy. This isn't really Evolution, yeah. This is the back nine of Evolution, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) the front nine took care of the back. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but still a pretty big moment on Monday Night Raw. One of those things that people always remember. Is this the? Is this? Legend killer Randy Orton yet? In 05? He might have already trained. Yeah. Is this the... But he might have been... I think he was on SmackDown at that point. This was like the Mick Foley... Him Mick Foley and like on building to... I don't know because no, Triple H or- was in that too. Because he he punted Trip um Stephanie and all that. So during that time... So I don't know. All that merges fucking together. It's been such a long time... That it's not fresh in my mind anymore. So, I don't remember. This is almost at the point of where I checked out. Yes. So after 05, I draw, I draw complete blanks mm-hmm. on pretty much anything wrestling. Yeah. For a few years. So after 05, it's going to be, like you say, and I'll be like, yeah, I remember going back to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, next episode is going to be hard. No, nah, but there are some moments that are memorable, at least. Like, they're memorable. Maybe not for me at that time period, but when yeah. you go back and watch them. So I got one more in 05, and then we can move to 07. To have to do a Shawn Michaels? It does. Is it a big super kick? It is. Is it on Shelton Benjamin? It is. Yes. So that's one of those moments that, like, just that it's GIF alone. Yes. It's really not the match. And the match itself was a damn good match, because look, Michaels and Shelton can both obviously go. But that super kick, that's what I Wait, mean what could be one of the if not the greatest, because the one on Ray was Yeah. I agree. And that match was better. But this Shelton Benjamin coming a springboard coming at Sean. Dude, Michaels. he was all the way across the ring, too. Mm-hmm. The freakish. Shawn Benjamin will always be underappreciated. Always. Always. Yes. And possibly someone that should have at least teetered on that world championship. Mm-hmm. The guy had it. Had. And he still has it. Yeah. But, but in that point in time, oh, yeah. even when he was the gold standard, like, he had it. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. There was no one else in the ring. That was as athletic as Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. And oh, that's and, a lot of fucking athletic people in that time. And but I still Shelton would Benjamin, put him up there even in this roster athletically. Oh, God, yeah. He was a he was before his time. Yeah. Cause if he was around what he was doing back then in the same shape. I mean, you know, he's still in great shape, mm-hmm. but he's not what he used to be. Like if he was how he was then now, I'm Gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. That he's at least a two, maybe three-time world champion. World champion. Because he would have beat Rollins. Yeah, you're right. He'd probably definitely. He would have beat, beat Ambrose. He would have beat. He would have at least put in a match with Roman. Mm-hmm. He could have beat Sheamus when he was champion. There's a lot of guys that he could have handled. Just being that freakishly, and he wasn't a small guy. No, he he's was not. fucking. He was fucking jacked. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still a, a pretty big dude. Yeah, but then he was like, he was a different animal, Shelton Benjamin. yeah fucking. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, look. It took Kofi Kingston how many years? Oh, yeah, and well, Kofi at least 11. Le- eleven. Yeah, eleven. Right? That's what it was. Um, yeah. Look, look at what, that with Kofi. Kofi, Kofi like... and Kofi would have never been had it not been for the perfect storm. Yes. That perfect string of matches where he was the underdog and nobody's fan base locks on an underdog like the WWE universe. <laughs> Very true. And that just carried him. Mm-hmm. Like that string of like incredible showings just carried him. And that was like, it was undeniable at that point. Yeah. Just like Daniel Bryan. It was undeniable. I think it would have been a different route and path for Shelton Benjamin just because of his stature and his... Well, yeah, of course, things like that will be different. But, yeah, I agree. It, it's the underdog thing always always works. Always seems to work no matter what. Uh The problem is getting someone to be that underdog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because a lot of people, I feel a lot of people don't like being, I mean, no the I white don't. meat baby face trying, like... So I'll tell you who right now I think they could they could elevate with an underdog story mm-hmm. like i think mustafa ali or mustafa ali he would be a, a big underdog type story i don't the, the thing about ali is i'd love him in the ring i don't know if it's him missing or if it's creative yeah but missing. there's a, there's enough about him as an actual person, that you could build that I get underdog that. story, I get that. I just, I don't know what's missing with, with him. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's a. Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a meaningful story to where you can actually see depth in character, because he's one of those guys that's never been given the opportunity to have any like depth and character. Mm-hmm. They they made him fucking leader of an a bogus fucking faction, that was awful, and they tried to and i'm going to use the word tried very very loosely on this tried to make it work they at least put them out there for show for a couple weeks yeah and it was just awful from pretty much day one but really what that could go down is his fucking legacy being the leader of that fucking mess what was the name again retribution retribution yeah, it's I don't know how we got all the way to here. Go ahead. Rain is back in there, Chief. All right. So, last one I got, and we moved all the way to 07. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm okay with that. Again, this is more of a match than a moment. And it's John Cena uh, versus Shawn Michaels in London on Monday Night Raw. Nearly a six. minute match. Arguably could be the greatest match to ever happen on Raw. In Raw's history, it could be the greatest match to ever happen on Raw. Like, I'm trying to find another match to where I that can match up or beat it. I don't know if you're going to. Ye- That's why I am I mean. Like, it is, it's memorable for mm-hmm. being, I'm, I'll put it out there, say it again, a perfect match. Yeah. Or near perfect, depending on who you're asking. I'm not going to put the stamp of approval on it, but I will say near. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's another match. And this was the, was it the final elevation or part of the final elevation of John Cena? As of 07? Yeah, probably. To where he is now the monumental superstar, and he is the guy. Was that the final... Was that the final boss? Because he'd already beaten Triple H. Maybe. Well, so this was... When did I say this was? Yeah. So this was actually before... Or was this after WrestleMania? No. No,
1: this
0: was... When did you say it was? This was April... This was April 7th. So it was Monday. So it was a Monday after Mania. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, yes, this was the, I want to say it's the week after. No. Yeah, because I think it Mania was, was April 1st. Oh, okay. So I think it was the week after or March 31st, whatever it was. It, yes. Definitely the week after, after Mania. So they have a great match on WrestleMania 23. Yeah, because 23. you got to figure they got to go all the way to UK. Yeah. They have a great match in itself at WrestleMania 23. Yeah, that's crazy how they like kind of overshadow each other, yeah, and then turn around a week later and do an Iron Man match and absolutely, yeah, and put all on one of the greatest TV. matches in Raw's history. Is it one of the greatest matches of all time? Would you say that? Oh no, man. it was on it was, Shawn Michaels, one of definitely one of Cena's greatest matches of all time, yeah? I mean, Cena. Cena doesn't have many five star type matches, if you want to yeah, call it I'm that, with AJ Styles. No, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, as far yeah. as his resume, about that dream match, he... Styles versus Michaels. You want to talk about if it could happen? What's one of those matches that, if it could have, would be like a number one matchup you'd want to see? AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Styles Michaels definitely is up there for sure. That's what I want to do with you one day. Your what-if Michaels matches. Like, who would you pair? It could be today. could be at a time where it just never happened, like Michaels Rock. Michaels Rock, I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in Michaels Rock. Never was. I know a lot of people said that. I wasn't. I'm not really interested in that. Because hmm. I feel like. Depends on which Michaels I'm getting. I, I, all right so i agree with that i agree with that um but so we're we're past we're at 07 we're we're basically at the end of the list the one is least in my head because it's for me in that era in the 02 to 07 era there's a feud in there that i don't know if it belongs on the list of the greatest moments in monday night raw leading up to the 30th anniversary but for me One of the most memorable feuds, and selfishly, one of the things I've always wanted to see and I finally got it, was the feud between Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. (laughs) That feud for me as a kid, because look, as a kid, I was a Shawn Michaels fan. and Yes, I would switch over to Monday Nitro and I'd watch Hulk Hogan and Hollywood Hulk Hogan, And I knew who Hulk Hogan was in WWF before that and all that. So, But to see my guy elevate, become the world champion, be the guy, and then see Hollywood Hogan on the other side being the guy, there was always that, man, I wish I could see Michaels versus Hogan. And then in 05, it finally happened. And then you got to see the gold that he put on leading up to this, because Hogan didn't fucking show up to half of those Monday Night Raws, <laughs> It was all Michaels. Michaels led that entire feud. I mean, you have the one where he walks out in Montreal in a suit, and he starts talking shit about Bret Hart, and he says, who's your daddy, Montreal? And he plays Bret Hart music, and the fans pop like Bret Hart's coming back, and he's laughing in the middle of the ring because all he did was play Bret Hart's music, and then he plays Hulk Hogan's music, and they pop again because they think Hulk Hogan's come out to beat him, and he's laughing again. Like, that... Then the Larry King promo to where he acts like Hulk Hogan was fucking hilarious. That whole build. And then the overselling because Hogan wouldn't put Michaels over. <laughs> and overselling his ass off. And still, which is one of Hulk Hogan's greatest wrestling matches against Shawn Michaels that in SummerSlam. At, that happened five. On American Yes. Because he was actually a wrestler. When he yeah, Japan. Japan, he's fucking amazing. Hulk Hogan is amazing. And when he, he was a worker Japan. In, Japan. in Japan. Yeah. But that feud for me, it's one of those things I'll I'll never forget. We'll let you be selfish. Just in, one that, time. in that era, in the 02 to 07 era, aside from Triple H, Michaels, Michaels and Hogan in that era was absolutely priceless for someone who wanted to see Dream Match and actually got it. Just too bad fucking Hogan went over. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated that. I hated that, Sh- that Shawn Michaels got beat by a 57, 60-year-old Hulk Hogan. Absolutely (laughs) garbage. Just because Hogan never wanted to fucking do business. Ah, God, I dislike Hulk Hogan. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, this is how we're going to end the show today. Those final words from Larry. I really hate Hulk Hogan. We hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure you watch, subscribe, like, share. Do all that and some more. We'll see you next time for, what are we at, 08 to th- 14? Uh 08 to 13. 08 to 13. Yes. Ooh. So now we're getting into the CM Punk era. Yes. So I came back at the leg end of this one. So until next time, folks. Thanks see for ya. watching.